This is a Care Chronicles podcast episode with your host, Trisha Coyote. The next time I'm interacting with a grieving person, I will ask them, do you want to tell me about her or him or them? Do you want to tell me about them? Do you want to share any memories? You're listening to The Care Chronicles, a podcast about self-care, healthcare, and everything in between. I'm your host, Trisha Coyote. I'm a board-certified music therapist, and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in mental health counseling. I'm also a creative, multi-passionate, nature-loving, many-water-sign forever student. Join me and guests on the show as we explore how we take care of ourselves and each other. Welcome back to the Care Chronicles. Thank you so much for being here with me today for this very emotional episode. Um, Our conversations here on the show aren't always this heavy. Hopefully it won't feel too heavy, but um, if you're new to the show, please know that there's lots of lighthearted conversation out there to be had. There's plenty of other episodes to listen to if this is not the one for you today or in general, because today I'm going to be talking about a very recent experience with death, grief, and loss. So if you're ready for that, here we go. Um, About a week ago, I lost my dog, Piper. Um, We had to put her down, which adds a whole other level to this whole experience. Um, And originally, I was just going to kind of mention it on the show, you know, to let you guys behind the scenes a little bit of what's going on. And and then I realized that, hey, since rebranding the show, um, this is a huge, a huge thing to go through while I need to take care of myself through it. And so I'm hoping that by sharing this experience and sharing what I've been doing to take care of myself, um, other people listening can take this advice too. Whether it works for you or not, that's fine. But if we're talking about care here, this is a huge time when um, I need some care. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to be talking about what the past week has been like without Piper and how I've been coping with that. Um, I'll paint the scene for you real quick. It's a rainy day here in New England, a rainy spring day, so it's definitely getting warmer, um, but I'm still bundled up in in many layers. Um, This is actually the first podcast I've ever recorded without Piper. I adopted her in 2018 when she was 13 years old. I did not know how much time I would have with her, but quickly realized that she had so much energy and so much life left in her. Piper and I had known each other for about a year when I volunteered at the shelter she had been dropped off at, and um, I watched this poor lady get adopted and brought back to the shelter two times, and so finally I thought, She's coming home with me and she's not coming back. And so Piper and I spent just short of five years together 
Um, she almost made it to her 18 and a half birthday. So Pipe was 18 um, at the time she left us. And I don't regret a second of it. I would adopt another older dog in a heartbeat. I'll touch on that later. But just to give anyone who's new or doesn't really know what I'm talking about, um, I know I have mentioned Pipe on the show before, but yeah, that's uh, that's our, our short synopsis. So even though Pipe was old um, and I, I had had her for almost five years, I always knew that the day would come when she would leave this this physical earth. <laughs> but you never think that that day will be the day, right? I'd seen her recover from so many things. Um, she had Lyme, so she would have flare-ups or she would have stomach discomfort for a few days at a time. She would trip down the stairs and be pretty stationary for maybe a day or two, sometimes up to a week. Um, but I'd always seen her recover. And even though I knew she was an older dog and her death would was imminent at some point, um, I didn't see it coming on the day it actually happened. So the other thing that's been a strange adjustment is even though I'd been preparing myself for this day since the day I adopted her, trying to embrace every moment we had together knowing they were limited, Piper's love language was physical touch. <laughs> this dog wanted to be pet every second of every day. She would find your hands no matter where they were and she would put her nose in your hands and make you pet her. Um, it didn't matter if they were in your pockets, if you were sitting on them, if they were just hanging loose at your sides. She had had a sniffer for hands and she just loved being pet. She loved to lean up against people. I would often have to make sure she didn't knock over small children or um, older adults who were a little unstable. She just wanted to be in physical contact with people at all times and um, having her gone from the physical world makes that that the most strange because physical touch was such an important part of her experience here. So let's get into um, some, some ways that I've been taking care of myself through this week, through this process. I have, I guess, five main themes. I'll go through them one at a time and then give you a summary at the end. And I hope that some of this advice um, is helpful for you, the listener, whether you're going through a, a loss right now or just like I was for a long time, knowing that one was coming at some point and wanting to be prepared for it as prepared as possible. So um, also to kind of paint this picture for you, we lost Piper um, on a Sunday night. I don't think it's necessary for this story for me to tell you exactly the details of how that happened so you don't have to have to worry about that coming up but we lost her on a Sunday night um I did choose to go to work on Monday um not really wanting to be home but also feeling that I, I was capable of performing my job to the best of my ability on that day so Sunday night and I woke up you know kind of early Monday morning just naturally I say that like I slept I didn't really sleep much <laughs> but um 
I, I just let myself experience my emotions in that time. I let myself cry, I let myself laugh. I tried to have as little judgment as possible throughout that process and have continued um, that throughout the week. You know, if there's moments where I really just need to cry or there's just tears streaming and I'm okay with it and, you know, able to make dinner while I'm crying and just not um, judging judging myself for my emotions and what's happening, um, giving myself the space to experience them. So that's, that's the first thing that I've been doing is trying to give myself as much space and grace as possible with whatever's coming up in whatever given moment. And the next big thing I've been doing is telling people clearly what happened and also telling them clearly that I am not ready to talk about it. So for example, I, texted my parents um, Sunday night and said, you know, Piper's no longer with us. I'm not ready to talk about it. Thank you for understanding. I will call you when I'm ready. So that they, you know, I knew they were informed about what was going on. They could start their grieving process if they needed to. Um, Piper was a very loving dog. Anyone she was interacted with, um, I'm biased, but she, she left a special, special paw print in their heart. So yeah, telling people who I knew would want to know that this happened, but also letting them know that I just don't have the space for your grief right now. I don't have the space to like tell you what happened or to get into details or even don't even know my own emotions enough to be able to explain them to you. So I'm informing you what happened and I'm telling you that I am just not ready. I'm not ready to talk about it. I will let you know when I'm ready. And instead of using the language of I'm sorry, you know, like I'm sorry I'm not ready, using the language of thank you for understanding that I'm not ready um, so that there's no shame. You know, you are honoring or I'll say I was honoring my experience and also honoring the other person's um, patience and understanding that they were also honoring my experience and leaving very little room for interpretation of what I needed in that moment. It was very clear that I needed space. So that's one of the big things that I've been doing. Um, yeah. And so that plays into, I, I went to work Monday morning, like I said, wasn't exactly looking my best, <laughs> but, you know, brought my best effort. And some of my students did notice that I looked or seemed a little off and even asked, you know, you know, Miss Coyote, did you not really sleep very well last night or what's going on? And um, I was able to disclose to them, well, you know, I, I lost my dog and, and I'm really kind of sad about it. Um and so there's a few reasons I've done that. One is because I, I did look off and <laughs> they, I felt comfortable disclosing to the students and staff that this is why I look a little different and this is what's going on. In creating that human element, we would often, or we do often have students come in who lose a pet and can feel very isolated in that experience. And so perhaps they can connect with a peer but I think it's also important for them to be able to see um, the humanness of an adult going through that experience too. And that's not to say I broke down and was sobbing in any of my classes or I was, um, like I said, I wasn't unable to do my job or unfocused or anything. But it was clear that my eyes were puffy and throughout the day they did not get any less puffy even though I was not crying at school. <laughs> Just how my body was reacting. So um, 
Yeah, throughout the day, kids would ask, and I would say, this is what happened, and I'm sad, and this is what it looks like when I am sad, uh, and that's okay. And thanking them for being understanding and thanking the other staff for giving me a little grace and space, knowing that uh, I might not be quite as quick to get to things as usual, or um, my mind was a little sluggish. So again, thanking people for their support, being open with them about what was going on. Uh, ironically, kind of like a heavy hitter week at school in um, one of the English classes, we were writing poems about death in the yoga and mindfulness class. The theme was animals and the quote that the yoga teacher used was about looking into the eyes of an animal and seeing their soul. And then on Friday, um, we've been waiting weeks and weeks and probably even months for two um comfort therapy dog candidates to come to the school and they just happened to come this week on Friday <laughs> so it was kind of like throughout the week these little challenges for me to um to work through what I was experiencing with these like extra extra probing <laughs> extra probing situations going on at school um and they ended up all being lovely opportunities for me to uh to work through this grief to say hey um right now at school might not be the time and space to examine this thoroughly but I can take it home with me and what a beautiful tool and opportunity that has been has been provided for me that I can use in my own time um so yeah number two was telling people clearly what happened but also telling them clearly that I wasn't ready to talk about it any more than that the third thing I've been doing to take care of myself is minimizing the external stimuli I've been taking in. And this is something I've been meaning to do an episode on just this year, kind of things I'm doing differently. And this is one of them, but I really, really honed, honed in on this this week where I genuinely didn't want to take in a lot of external stimuli and I gave myself the space to not do that. So I wasn't reading books. If you listen to episodes the past few years, you know that's something that I really get a lot of joy out of. But this week, I just didn't want to read other stories. I didn't want to watch things on TV. I didn't want to listen to podcasts. I didn't really want to talk to people. Um, and just let myself be with myself and my thoughts. I had music playing a lot of the time. Obviously, as a music therapist, I see the power of music. Um, and instead, I, if I did have downtime and needed something to occupy myself, I would journal, I would look through pictures of Piper, I would just sit and reminisce on wonderful memories with her, um, and just letting myself be with myself and my internal stimuli, instead of trying to take in information from other sources. I think that in general, that's something I would like to continue to do, but this week it was it was very apparent. Um, I know I have an iPhone and it tells me every week, you know, how much screen time I am spending. And this week was drastically less than usual just because I had no desire to scroll through social media, to, um, look at things online, to go on Amazon if I needed something, you know, I just had no interest in taking in any information outside of myself and, gave myself that space to to really just sit with myself and process and experience what I needed to experience. Um, 
yeah. All right, number four is sticking with my routines as much as possible to create a sense of normalcy. I'm a person who likes routines to begin with, and lucky for me, Piper also loved routines. She liked to know, you know, when she was going for a walk, when she was getting fed, what time bedtime was. She was a routine dog, and I'm a routine person, so... I've been doing that as much as possible. I used to walk her twice a day, so I still go for a walk twice a day. Um, That's led to, you know, a lot of neighbors noticing that I'm walking by myself or that she's just not with me. And um, that leads back to my second point of saying, yeah, you know, Piper's gone and, and I'm not ready to talk about it, but thank you for asking. And, you know, I'll let you know when I am ready to talk. And I'm so fortunate to have wonderful neighbors that first notice that she is gone, but also um, understand that I need some space for now. So also, like I said, going to work, sticking with that routine, um, sticking with making food this week has been not super motivating, but trying to stick with easy meals that I know that my body is used to so that my digestion (laughs) can stay as consistent as possible because I'm obviously processing a lot of additional emotions and that's hard to do when you have a tummy ache. So yeah, I'm still walking, still going to work, still making my usual meals, still going about the things day to day that I need to do, giving myself space for things that are not absolutely necessary, but as much as possible, sticking to that familiarity, to that routine, so that it's not such a shock to my system that, you know, um, I come home now and there's there's not a dog there waiting for me to walk her and cuddle her and feed her and do all those things, but instead I, I come home and I still go for that walk, I still take that time, um, and instead of feeding her, I'll just get into the next thing. And I have set up altar spaces for Piper. And I know in some cultures, it's very common to set up altars when someone dies, you know, with a candle or pictures or flowers or things that brought them joy. Um, And that's, that's a ritual I've I've chosen to, to bring into our household. So uh, Piper had a few different beds throughout the house, just because of her age, give her spaces with um, different levels of support, depending on what her joints needed. And just where she wanted to lie in the house. And so instead of having those spaces be blank and dark and suddenly void of life, I've put flowers there and candles, um, mostly LED candles because safety. Put some of her favorite toys, uh, treats that we still have left over. People have so kindly sent me cards or um, other just kind, thoughtful things. And I've added those when I picked up Piper's ashes, I put those on her bed altar. So, um, this plays into the routine every day, instead of feeding her, I swap out her candles so that her, her candles are always recharged and full of light. And so anytime I turn to look at her bed, just because that's something my, my body does instinctively, it is a routine ingrained in me. I don't think about it. I just do it. So every time I look at her bed, it's full of light and there's pictures of her smiling back at me and there's flowers there, there's life, there's her favorite toys that I can imagine her playing with and um, yeah, it's just nice to be able, like I said, to look at those spaces and not see that they are suddenly blank, that 
they are black holes in my life. <laughs> um, they are still places where I can go in the house and be reminded of her and her being happy and content and at peace. So if that is a virtual that maybe has not, had not crossed my mind until I saw someone else do it, um, and kind of stuck it in my back pocket for when this day came. And I'm grateful for that person having, um, normalized a tradition that is not common in my American culture. And, um, for the other people who live in my home, I think it's also nice for them to kind of come home and look at her bed and kind of see like, oh, it's still full of life. It's still light. And I think it makes it a little less sad. <laughs> so just to recap some things I'm doing to take care of myself, letting myself experience, or I'll say numbers, I guess, one, letting myself experience my emotions with as little judgment as possible. Two, telling people what happened and that I'm not ready to talk about it. Three, taking in less external stimuli and letting myself focus on me, myself, and my thoughts and emotions. Four, sticking to my routines as much as possible, giving myself grace and adaptation where needed. And five, setting up altar spaces for her where I can honor her and be reminded of her in a positive light. Something that I have learned through this experience is how I will approach people who are going through grief in the future. Um, I am so lucky to work in a supportive environment where I was able to tell people what was going on and they did give me space or they did offer their condolences and this is in no way judging what the action I'm about to say um, because until this point it's probably what I would have done too but a lot of people would say you know I'm so sorry for your loss what happened and as the grieving person I'm then being asked to acknowledge and relive how she died and why she died and for some people maybe they need that but for me I would so rather take the opportunity to share a beautiful memory about her and all the joy and love she brought into my life so the next time I'm interacting with a grieving person I will ask them do you want to tell me about her or him, or them. Do you want to tell me about them? Do you want to share any memories? To allow that person and, you know, for people to allow me to to relive happier moments than Piper's last day on earth. Um, and I'm also going to take those opportunities when people let me have some time to talk about her and share her memory. I am going to to take those opportunities so much more now that I've had this experience. Um, just some other thoughts that have been bringing me peace through this process is that I was so honored to know her for the last five or six years of her life, which was a beautiful retirement period where, um, I was able to offer her so many new experiences and joy and she did the same for me. Something that Chris said to me that I is really stuck is... In five years, 
we, as in we and Piper, shared more love than some dogs share in a lifetime. And I think that's so true. And I keep reminding myself of that, that they were five absolutely beautiful years. I also keep reminding myself that she's not in pain. Um, she doesn't need her physical body. She's limitless now. And I watch videos from, you know, her in the past year versus her five years ago. And just her, she slowed down. Her decline was so gradual um, that now watching those things from 2018 and 2019, it's amazing to think she was running around and chasing balls and swimming and jumping on rocks and, you know, doing all these amazing things her physical body was able to do back then. And she doesn't have the limitations anymore <laughs> of, at all. And yeah, that brings me comfort to know that she's not limited by anything. Um, that being said, okay, a couple other things that I've just been thinking on. Uh, Chris is getting a law enforcement therapy dog in the fall. Um, Chris is a police officer, for any of you who don't know, and he's been approved to get a therapy dog to bring to work, to bring to community events, to create positive interactions with the community and law enforcement. This isn't an accelerant sniffing dog or a bite dog or um, any typical law enforcement dogs you've probably interacted with. This dog will be a, a therapy dog to work with people in community, to comfort those who um, have to go to the police to share their stories in unfortunate circumstances and hopefully having a dog in that environment will provide comfort. <laughs> That's why they're called comfort dogs. So anyway, we already have that on the horizon. We've known about that for a couple of months. And so in reflecting on the fact that a new dog will be coming into our space, um, I've also come to the realization that I need my own companion animal, that I will want my own dog again. Even though there is another dog coming into our home, I know that at some point I will want my own dog. And letting myself have that feeling without um, shaming or blaming myself that in any way it's discounting Piper and her experience and also knowing that uh, although I have the knowledge that I do want another dog in my life I don't think I will be ready for that dog but to me right now the sign that I will be ready for another dog is when I'm ready to get to know a new dog. <laughs> I don't want to bring a companion animal into our space and have it fit a piper-sized hole. And so until I'm ready to welcome a new dog with their own quirks and needs and routines and all that kind of stuff, um, I know that I'm not ready, that I'm still grieving too much. And so if you are also grieving a pet, knowing you want another pet, not sureing how to do with the timing. I'm here, I'm with you. And for me right now, that's just been what's on my mind, um, that I'll know I'm ready when I'm ready to get to know a new dog. <laughs> so yeah, those are things I've been taking care doing to take care of myself. Those are thoughts that have been on my mind through this very fresh grief process. 
Um, like I said, this is the first week. This is the first week without her. I This is the first time I've recorded a podcast without her because I adopted her in 2018 and started this podcast in 2019. And I want to thank you, the listener, for being here in general on this show, um, listening, but also for hearing my story today and hearing my experience and letting me share about my wonderful dog, Piper. And I hope that my coping strategies for grief and loss will help you in some way, someday. Until then... Take care of yourselves and take care of each other.